Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network, where we discuss the entertainment of the unexplained. As always, I'm your host, Aaron Sagers, a journalist author, researcher of all things weird, and I can currently be seen on Travel Channel and Discovery Plus's Paranormal Caught on Camera. Now airing its fifth season on Thursday nights, I I think. That sounds about right. Anyhow, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about another show with some very awesome people and uh, some folks that I'm Happy to say I've been able to work alongside on their show and I just really enjoy what they do and you'll be able to see more of what they do because this Saturday, April 9th, they are returning for more hellish hauntings because Portals to Hell returns for season three with 13 episodes. It airs at 10 p.m. on Travel Channel and it debuts the same day on Discovery+. Plus. And this season, the intrepid paranormal investigators resume their chilling journey to haunted locations across the United States, confronting the dark side of the supernatural as they seek concrete evidence that a spirit world exists. And in each episode, they dive headfirst into a site where they examine unusual incidents of unexplained activity while utilizing specialized technology and a network of psychics, experts, uh, and more in search for their answers. And for their premiere, they are heading to Hillview Manor in Newcastle, Pennsylvania. And that is a shuttered nursing home where former patients are rumored to live on in death. And not only that, they might cross paths with the Creeper, a malevolent shadow creature bent on scaring the living hell out of its victims. Scary. I like it. So without further ado, let me bring in my friends, Katrina Weidman. Hello. Hey. And Mr. Jack Osborne. Hey, Jack. Thank you guys for joining me for this and for that uh, very natural intro, which not at all included (laughs) some um, publicity materials, Uh, but, (laughs) but it was good. It was a good setup. And Jack, even though your room itself is a little dark, you are bringing the light. You're bringing the brightness with that that uh, yeah, sweatshirt. I'm in my converted garage, office, gym. So it's uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, I couldn't. Maybe I can find find a little light around here. Maybe just shine my my iPhone light at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I know it was a little behind the scenes chatter, but I want to. Uh, mention what Katrina said uh, because you guys aren't all just uh, spooky and poking around in the dark. You have other hobbies and watch other TV shows. Katrina, what's your current favorite show that you referenced uh, with okay. Jack? 
Well, there's a couple now, I got to tell you. So the one I referenced before we went live was Only Murders in the Building. It's incredible. And I just saw Steve Martin and Martin Short live on their tour. Mm. And they are like, I mean, they're comedy geniuses. You know, they're so, so good at their craft. Um, Barry, HBO Max is oh, yeah. another one. Amazing. Is that coming and back? It is. Yeah, April. it is. It's, it's, we're like days away from it. Um, and also, I just finished watching The Outlaws which um is a british show okay. and it was it's incredible incredible okay. top three. Jack, i mean just for you know what what's your viewing habits right now Jack? oh man uh i just started watching Se- uh severed severance severance oh okay so cool have you seen that katrina no what is that about well apple plus whatever apple streaming service uh it's pretty good it's really entertaining uh kind of weird sci-fi yeah. dystopian kind of vibe um, what else? I, I watch a lot of 90 day fiance. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's mine and my fiance's guilty pleasure. Uh, <laughs> a lot of like alone, naked and afraid. Yeah. Ooh, that one's uh, good. Yeah. Know, I, will, I will, you know, dip into, uh, you know, I just watched the, um, uh, the, the Travis, uh, Walton, uh, right. um, shock doc on discovery plus watched that yesterday. You know, I, I do. I'll, I'll see. I'll see what the other the other the kids in class are. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, school well, I I would say I would recommend uh, not just because this is a paranormal show, but also it's a, it's actually just a good sitcom. Ghosts, both the both the American version and the British version, different enough, and both are really enjoyable. Um, and so, oh, and speaking of fiance, by the way, Jack, congratulations Thank on. You your uh your your fiance and you are welcoming a baby uh, this summer right yep so yep. another so, baby inbound <laughs> all right congrats well let's uh let's talk some ghosts uh portals to hell when did you film this batch of episodes when did you get kind of back out on the road katrina you want to take that yeah um september and then we wrapped in january so, um, you know, we had a couple of breaks for holidays and Halloween, of course, yeah. being one of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we went, you know, 13 new locations, uh, not new as not all of them are new as and haven't been investigated, but we do have a lot that have either never been investigated, um, or a lot that were actually never done on television before. Mm-hmm. So we were pretty excited to break ground there. Yeah, the back half of season two aired uh, last spring, if I recall. But was I don't know how you filmed, what order you guys had filmed all these. Was this your first kind of time back in production since pandemic lockdown, or had you filmed part of season two and uh, we, during the? We shut down from what was it? Ma- uh, well, February, middle of February of twenty twenty until we were back up in August, right? Yeah, I think we finally got, yeah, for production. And then we were finally back on the road in October, 2020. Mm-hmm. And Jack and I lived in RVs, you know, so we did like cross country traveling in them and stayed in those and um, just kind of anything to, you know, uh, get back out there really. How, how did you, as you were heading into season three, obviously you've got a lot of episodes under your belt now with this show and each of you have done other things with the paranormal prior to this. When you're approaching this season, were there any kind of 
changes or things that you wanted to expand on? Basically, what was the approach to season three compared to the previous episodes? Jack, why don't you start on that one? You know, it's funny. I always find like season three of any show I've done is really where you get in the the rhythm of your rhythm, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like season one, you're kind of like forging your way. You're like, ah, what is this? We don't really know. We haven't seen an edit. We don't know what works. We don't know what doesn't. Season two, you're like, okay, we got a good template from season one. Let's just kind of copy cup, you know, let's, let's keep that rolling. And then season three, you're like, we know how to do this. We know what we got to do. We know, you know, the, the location, we know what locations work, what locations don't basically just from, you know, our production team is so awesome with doing their research and, and, you know, finding, finding the, uh, the diamonds in the rough because there's a, there's a lot of rough out there. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And yeah, it's great. I mean, we're just a a well-oiled machine and not to kind of, you know, not to make it feel like we're, you know, making sausage here, but it's, uh, you know, there, there is in order to kind of not get burnt out and kind of still feel like you've got a lot of, you know, a lot of room, you know, a lot of room in the tank to, to finish out 10 plus episodes. Um, you have to kind of, uh, you know, you got to figure out a system because you, yeah. you get burnt out. Katrina, did you want to add anything to that? Um, no, I think Jack's answer was great. I'll just echo him that, you know, we had such a, a an enthusiastic team this year and finding locations and digging up history. And I think one of my favorite moments was, we were able to find, um, I mean, really because we had such a passionate team, we were able to find uh, historical documents that a location didn't even know existed. Mm. And uh, so it's cool to be a part of uh, something like that to help aid in someone's research, you know. And it was a historical, it was like a very historical location, like one that has like, it's a, it's not just like a little house on a hill. It was like a, a big deal. And they were like, okay. That our guys found this information. Okay. Yeah. And I won't ask you to reveal that now, but I will say that after Hillview Manor, you guys are heading to Eloise Psychiatric Hospital, Taylor Trask Museums, the Savannah Theater, Fort Mifflin, Missouri State Penn, Malco Theater in Arkansas, and Kreischer Mansion and Staten Island. And um, all those are great. I've, I've been to many of those, and those are all great locations. Really excited to see. Well, literally, in this case, what you dig up as far as some of those locations go. The, you know, and, and Jack, you sort of mentioned this, and this is something that's been on my mind. I think we're all fortunate to go to these incredible places and it's it's a cool job, but it is still a job, right? You still, you show up, you do the work, you've got long hours and it can be tiring. For me personally, sometimes you have to remind yourself like this is really awesome and really fortunate to go to this comic con, go to that haunted location and refresh yourself a little bit. What kind of, what do you do to maintain that enthusiasm? So that way it doesn't become a, here we go, another haunted location. We're going to, you know, do the beat by beat kind of uh, routine. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. It, listen, it's it is very hard to not get jaded, and that, and that's just the truth of it. And you know, you could, I could, we could take the most seasoned TV ghost hunters or the most enthusiastic kids right out of college who want to get into the field, and after twenty episodes, you're gonna have the same yeah. like, oh, here we go again. The way I the way I like to 
kind of keep enthusiastic about it is um, it's the breaks, you know, like, it's like we work, we give it all and we, and we structure it to where we have breaks and we come home, we unwind, we decompress. And then it's like, cool, we're back out there and we, you know, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. Um, and it, and also it's the, it's the team in the field, the team in the field and all, you know, our, you know, our DP, our camera ops, sound guys, producers, everyone helps carry the tone of the work environment. And if it's just like any other, any other kind of work team, if, if there's a breakdown, everyone feels the effect. Yeah. And, and Katrina, first off, I saw you laughing at me at the total mess. I, 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 <laughs> I tried to do it all smooth, but it, you know, it's moving around. It's all right. I admit it. I'll, I'll own it. But you know, Jack mentioned kids coming out of college and doing this. I mean, literally yeah. this, this applies to you. You've been yes. in this business for a, a, a long time from college on yeah. So for you, do you, how do you maintain that enthusiasm? And I, you know, I think overall I have to compliment Katrina out of a lot of people in the field, really you, you maintain a nice work life balance and are such a normal person, but how do you kind of maintain that somewhat normal, (laughs) acceptably normal, but you are the person I think of whenever I see something golden girls related, but yes, (laughs) I have a whole shrine to them now. And my, my dad came over Sunday and I I was showing him and he's like, ah, the shrine. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. What's what's the prized possession on the Golden Girl Shrine? I have two books signed from her from when I met her in person. Okay. And so I, I'd have to say those are probably mine because I had, you know, I, I had a chance to meet her and talk to her and I made her laugh. And that was like, I cried the whole time. So from Betty. Oh uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. Totally bald, like a baby. Um, you know they're gonna have to. They're gonna be doing an estate sale at some point. Oh yeah. Jack, you you tell me. <laughs> you let me know when you hear something. Their families always do it. They always end yeah. up auctioning off items and things like that. Yeah. So you, you better you better get you know find that online uh, auction and maybe get like a pair of uh, shoes or an old hanky. So yeah. I'm gonna go broke. Number one. Number two. I'm going to become not acceptably normal because I'm gonna be covered in like all of Betty White's like objects and clothing, and that's all I'll ever wear for until I die. So the, I mean, that is that does tend to be the thing. I don't think it's just paranormal. I don't think it's just entertainment. But when you become known for one thing for one pursuit, whether, you know, if it's prime, if you're primarily are known for your work of the paranormal, people tend to have that other obsession, which is totally unrelated to it. So you're, that's, you've gone down the, the golden girls rabbit hole. That is your obsession, even though yeah. people would be like, Oh, I bet her house is just all goth and all spooky <laughs> paranormally stuff. And instead it's a shrine to Betty White. <laughs> Pretty much. That's why that's exactly yeah. why I chose to wear this uh, wear this uh, tie dye hoodie today. I'm trying to trying to you know trying to shrug off the stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, the arms folded. Yeah. No, we, <laughs> we don't actually. Shot. I don't Black think we don't actually do that in real life. <laughs> no, no. I, I, and actually, I don't think you guys are always wearing black either on on camera. In fact, I think the first time I met you, Jack, you were it was so cold in Philadelphia that you were just bundled up. Like uh, it was it, giant marshmallow kind of coat because it was yep. so cold. Um, but yeah, and yes. The, so the question is like for you, Katrina, do you how do you kind of is it just collecting Golden Girl stuff or how do you kind of maintain the enthusiasm when you do go into a location? Um, so I like 
changing up approaches, you know, so my approach has changed um, and how I've worked has changed over, you know, the 15, 16 years I've been doing it professionally. So um, I started off working with clients and then it went to experimenting with living in a location for a couple of days. And then it went to, well, what about the biggest, baddest, most haunted places on earth? Let's go to them and see what's different. Yeah. You know, so I think every time you change it up, it's an opportunity to learn. And I'm, I'm like, I'm super into learning. Um, so, (laughs) so it's just, you know, I think it's just keeping your mind sharp and, um, you know, we still don't know what the paranormal is. We don't know, we don't have those answers. So I think anytime you have an opportunity to learn something new, it's helpful for you. And I'll, I'll echo what Jack said too. It really, really is dependent on, um, you know, the team and we, we've really had such a stellar team and it, it was just. Everyone was so enthusiastic about their job and, you know, and I think Jack, I don't want to speak for you, but I know for me, it it took off pressure for me. And so I felt like I could just enjoy doing what we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. And well, let me say for anyone that's in the chats, we've got some questions coming in. I'll get to those momentarily, but get line up with that. You can get them out there. And thank you, Spooky Unicorn, who is in the chat for uh, helping out with some of the comment moderation and everything. So, we have Newcastle, uh, Hillview Manor in Newcastle, which is only like 45 minutes away from Philly, Katrina. So, uh, oh, Pittsburgh. Right? Oh, oh, is it? Is it in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Oh, Just farther not- away. What am I thinking? Uh, okay. So I was going to ask if, if it was nice kind of doing one in your local area. I guess it's farther away. But yeah. <laughs> this... This location, was it the first location that you filmed for the season or kind of why did you decide to open season three with Hillview Manor? Jack, was, you want to take that? Because it was the fucking craziest place we'd been to. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. Tell me about that. <laughs> that place was bonkers. I, uh, you know, every time you go... I. I just excuse me if I'm kind of a bit a uh, bit of a, a downer with it, but every time I go investigate somewhere and there's like, oh, there's a ghost named Charlie, or there's the creeper, or the crawler, or the shadow, and you're just like, how many times can we hear that? And but that they want they want lying. That place creeped me out. There was some we got. I, we kind of joke that this season, like we're just the we're the the knock and response investigators because. The amount of like knock and responses that we would get, and especially at Hillview, it was like the building was alive and just bangs, pops. And like at one point, it sounded like someone rolled a bowling ball down the roof. It was like just, it was intense. It was really intense. And the, and the, um, the, just the pressure inside this one wing, um, was, uh, was nothing I've, I've, I've ever experienced as far as, consistency of the intensity it's it's an episode it's a really strong episode it's an episode that feels like a season finale honestly and it's a definitely a strong one to come out with uh, katrina talk a little bit about this this creeper that jack mentioned but also is prominent enough that they they talk about it in the promotional materials for not only the episode but for the entire season yeah so um well, what do you want to know? Like how they view the what, creeper or our experience with, with the creeper? Well, yeah, what is what is sort of the setup of this thing when you're going in? Because, again, sort of like Jack said, like you, you go to a lot of locations where there's these these signature haunts yeah. that 
are kind of repeated in lore and whatnot. What what was it about this thing that makes it unique and different? Not even your experiences, but just according to the stories of this thing. You know what's funny about that, about having it be unique and different? I think it's actually... So kind of like what you were saying, right? There's like every theater has the woman in white, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and then the creeper has been popping up in talks in the paranormal field for a while, at least over a decade, probably longer. Yeah. And um, so there's multiple places that have them. And so I do what I find the most fascinating then is that there's all these places that claim to have the same thing. And you have to remember, a lot of these paranormal investigators didn't know of that before they started labeling. Mm-hmm. Right. Because some of these locations are really off the beaten path. Some some of the people weren't really plugged into the paranormal until they started going to that location and had that experience, you know. Um, but I think what was unique and different specifically about Hillview is that um, when we were up in the wing where they claim the creeper kind of lives. Right. right. Um, we were having all of these knocks and bangs. And I mean, very jarring, significant in your face, knocks and bangs. Like it felt at points like the building was falling down almost, you know, and they seem to happen when we were asking for things. And I think the skeptical side is like, it's an old building. And like, yes, of course. But one of the things that Jack and I always do, and you don't see it on camera because quite frankly, it's boring, but we'll just sit. Mm-hmm. We'll go into a new space. You sit and you listen, you don't talk, you don't do anything. And yeah. it's because you're trying to suss out what's normal, normal for the building. And so one of the th- things Jack did after we wrapped that night investigation, he left an, um, a voice activated recorder just to see if the knocks and bangs were continuing and nothing got picked up. Hmm. You know, it was just, you could hear the trucks coming by because it is, I mean, it's not like right on a road as, as far as like building to road, but it is, I mean, there's a road right there. Um, and, but I think that was the only thing that we picked up. And then when we asked the resident ghost hunters, Hey, this is what we had happened to us. What's your guys take on that? They were like, we have looked for explanations for that stuff all the time. What you got, what we think you guys experienced was the creeper. Cause that's what happens to us. Yeah. And the, and the rolling on the ceiling yeah, was that like, was weird. what on earth would do that? I mean, and we, I went to a different part of the building to see, okay, can someone get on the roof? And I could see actually on the roof, it went up a floor higher and I looked down, there was nothing on the roof that was, it literally, it sounded like a, like I said, a bowling ball being rolled down like a bowling lane. It was just, and it went the full distance of the roof we were on. And yeah, I, I have no idea what could have made that noise. Well, and and Jack, I think that look, these these old asylums and prisons and hospitals and whatnot, they have these long hallways. There's they're creepy and it's a lot of liminal spaces, all of that. But this is obviously not your first rodeo going through those types of locations. So just to reiterate, you're saying that this place in particular, compared to a lot of other spooky places, spooky hospitals and whatnot, had a different vibe to it. Yes, and and the the and it was the level of what appeared to be intelligent, responsive activity. It would yeah. it didn't just feel like a you know it did not feel residual. It was like we would we would knock, they would knock back, and then it w- it was just but it was all over. It was like behind us, in front of us. I mean, to the point where we had we had uh, 
produces and we had a producer like scream at one point because it was like right behind her mm-hmm. and um it was it was it was really really intense i i've i've known katrina i've known you longer than i've known jack and and what is the is the you know kind of picking up this this point that you mentioned before do you think the paranormal is getting weirder do you think we're we're tuning into more things we're open to more things collectively or are we are we as these humans these flesh bags almost manifesting more stuff we're creating it you know i don't know that there's a wrong answer but yeah what do you think is it getting weirder i i think it's all of the above right just like yeah you know, an answer for like, if I have a client that comes to me, that's like my house is haunted, uh, or say I have like a hundred people that come to me and their house is haunted. I'm 80, 80 of them. I could probably explain away. There's probably a natural Mm -hmm. explanation. And then there's 20 that environmental mental health issues, uh, neurological issues. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I think it's the same thing for like the evolution of the activity at this point. I think people are more aware of it and because they're more observant of it, they're going to report it more, you know? Um, and on both sides of that coin, meaning that somebody who is truly having experiences probably feels more comfortable to come forward. Yeah. And also people that are misidentifying normal things are going to say, are going to come forward and say, I had this experience. So I think we're seeing both. And then there's also, you know, there is talk about this in the field that it's kind of like the Ghostbuster theory of, you know, um, things aren't the best in the world right now. So does that have anything to do with it? You know, um, I, I don't know. That, I don't have the answer. I feel like I never have the answer. No. Because, well, no. because if I did, it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be the paranormal. Nobody's come back with the handbook. For the uh, the recently deceased, right? <laughs> not and yet. The, not the that rule we know. book. The it, you know Jack tried to write it, but it didn't work out. <laughs> so well. Yeah, uh, Jack, I, what's your take on it? Because I think so with with your philosophy, but also you know the Osborns want to believe and Fright Club, and I think even sort of what we do over on the paranormal caught on camera side. Something we're doing is exposing people to more a diversity of ideas and cultures and different phenomena out there. And frankly, it's no longer, or hopefully it's moving away from strictly the, the, the ghost of white people and, and uh, Europeans, you know, that kind of thing. Do you think that that plays into perhaps the phenomena getting more diverse as well, that we're just paying attention to more things out there in the world? You know, I, I think there is a bit of a, um, like a, I, I, there's definitely a, 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 an eye opening to experiences that people aren't just chalking up to being a figment of their imagination. People are, you know, when you look at the popularity of people getting more into, you know, certain psychedelics, which, you know, they're having profound spiritual experiences while, you know, while experimenting with them, you know, um, you're seeing people, well, everyone's got a camera in their pocket now. Right. So the ability to capture stuff on camera is so much easier than it was 20 years ago. Um, so I, and I think people are more in a weird way, open-minded, but also closed-minded. It's, it's a weird, like, I don't think we're all the way there yet with, with the masses, 
Um, a lot of people want to, I think, continuously put it in a box of, oh, it's this, it's that, and and here's why it's not a ghost. And But my my whole thing is, all right, you're telling me what it's not. Tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're saying it's not a ghost, then what is that? Or you're you're saying the experience that I had wasn't real, then explain to me the experience I had. Yeah. It- it is fascinating. I think I think within the paranormal community, even it's it's you're pursuing the unknown and the unexplained. And yet you do encounter people that try to apply rules and boundaries to these things that they don't understand. And and it's I find it challenging when you go into a location and they're like, no, the ghost of Chuck doesn't like it when you do this. It's like, I don't know. Do, do we know that for sure? Like it's, uh, Katrina speak to that a little bit because I, yeah. I feel like we've talked a little bit about this in the past. Yeah. And it, it is, it's challenging as an investigator. And I think one of the things that we just have to come to terms with is that there's different types of investigators, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, the, the Warrens were religious investigators. They were Catholics So everything they experienced, all of their thoughts, all of their cases went through that filter. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's just, it's just a very specific way of investigating. Um, You know, so, and then there's investigators who are very, very skeptical and they don't believe in anything supernatural. So we have to keep in mind that everything they experience is going to go through that filter And as far as our belief systems, like, for example, when um, I have somebody that's like, I saw something and it's a demon. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's dig into their cultural and religious background, because even if you don't believe the supernatural, that's also still part of your cultural background. For some reason, whatever experiences you had in your life led you to believe that. So I my best advice and what I try to remind people of is you have to drop all of it. It's important for us as investigators to know because it helps us understand maybe how somebody's ex- describing their experience. And it's also, it is really interesting when you see a pattern in activity that seems to match a cultural belief. Yeah, It is really fascinating. Um, but, you know, it, it becomes this thing of we just have to remind ourselves that these are filters and that's all they are. So at the end of the day, we have to get down to what have people been experiencing And is there anything that we know of now that can explain that? And if not, does that go in the unexplainable category or is that something truly supernatural? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think, think, you know, with our investigations we've done, I, you know, with you, me and you, Katrina, I don't, I think maybe I would say there was two places where they could have been some really evil, dare I say, demonic entity. And it's just because our filter isn't always demon and so many people in the field are obsessed with the d word and mm-hmm. it's just they want demon demon because it's because it's it's big it's bright it's and i uh i just i don't i, I you know my our filter isn't demon no it's, and uh, I, oh sorry Aaron. No, no, oh, i was just gonna say i think when we do talk about it it's because we're bringing up um <laughs> a lot of the conversations don't make it to the final show, you know, Mm. because we're there, we're investigating for four days and people are just seeing, you know, 44 minutes of of what we do. And so Jack and I have a lot of these big conversations of, well, Hey, look, if there is any merit to what the Catholic church says, 
does it follow these patterns? And hey, what if it's not this? What if it's time travel? Like, you know, Jack and mm. I have had all those weird conversations on, on investigations. So I, because I have seen that pop up sometimes online, like, well, you guys talked about a demon and we're like, ah, but we're kind of talking about it. And, you know, if A and B were true, could that mean right. that it's this, you know? It, the, the, I, it, you guys know this, but your show is called Portals to Hell. And <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think people might make certain leaps, uh, you know, assuming know. that it's all going to be demons that they're, you know. I'm going to give you some inside locker room talk. Do you want to know why it was called Portals to Hell originally? <laughs> it was. Uh, tell me why originally. Okay, so originally it was, uh, we were going to go investigate caves and like underground like caverns and like, because every, you know, every town country has like, oh, the old hell hole or the old yeah. portal, you know. And so it was going to be kind of like a bit of a caving ghost hunting show originally. And it kind of just evolved past it. But we liked the title, so we're like, "Hey, it's a it's a good title. Let's roll with it." It's it is a good title, and uh, although, uh, man, I would totally watch a a spelunking, cave diving, <laughs> paranormal show. Uh, Have you ever gone down any of those like old abandoned mine YouTube channel? Like, oh yeah, there's some weird stuff that happens in those in some of those old mines, and. My brain, by being both a sci-fi comic book nerd and also a paranormal nerd, I entirely am willing to uh, believe that there's probably the creatures from the descent in, in <laughs> these things. So I think there's got to be subterranean. My only gripe with that movie is that they brought ice axes with them when they were going caving. There's never <laughs> an ice axe while caving. <laughs> well, you know, maybe their gripe about your show is that it's called Portals to Hell. <laughs> this we have a we do have a question I want to bring up, and you know the the thrust of this question I like is it's got to be hard to find your spin on a place that has been on a other TV shows, and you know these locations, you know I I, I love them even though they are famous and even though they are talked about a lot but and i think they're they're worthy of investigating multiple times because you can uncover other things but from your approach both behind the camera and on camera what you know what is your thought process with that what is the the mission as far as how are you finding your own spin on a place that people already think they know katrina why don't you take that one um, well, I, I, as far as the investigator side, not the television side, but from the investigator, it's, it's kind of like what you said, you know, it, a place is never the same each mm -hmm. time you go. In my experience, it, there's a lot of fluctuation there. And especially because we can't define, we can't quantify what, what the activity is. It's kind of silly to just go once and be like, okay, done, figure it out. <laughs> you know, it's just, it, it doesn't make any sense to do that. So I always think it's important to go back and, you know, a lot of these places after a, it, it, they start having experiences that are new to them, you mm. know? So, uh, one of the places we went to in season one, Trans Allegheny, when we went, you know, they had certain experiences. And then when we went back, they were like, Oh, by the way, this is kind of new and, and we don't know what it is, you know? So there's that element to look into. And mm. then, you know, then there's the other part of like, again, you're only seeing 44 minutes of a show. So there's a lot of different elements that you can explore that maybe haven't been on other shows before. Yeah. And, and you know, we do, we, you know, our team does our research, you know, we'll watch, 
you know, well, it's funny. Travel Channel has a grid. They have a full-on spreadsheet about what shows went to what location where and what the main and what the main investigative thread was. And mm. a lot of these locations have numerous hauntings. It's not just one thing that people are kind of experiencing. So if there's a location, um, you know, like um, like uh, like Hillview, um, uh, oh God, who was it? It wasn't it wasn't Ghost Adventures. It was um, Destination Fear. Destination Fear, yeah, they went 18 months before us. And, you know, we, we watched the episode. We knew we knew what their experiences were, and we knew what kind of storyline that they were kind of pursuing. And we just go, all right, well, there's a dozen other storylines we can pursue with, you know, with evidence to back up, you know, historical documents about, you know, such and such. We can speak to other witnesses. And so there is, there is, no, there is no one way to skin the cat. Yeah. We have a, a paranormal celebrity in the chat, and I would like to bring up a question that he's asking. It's from John E.L. Tenney. John Tenney Hi, wants Tenny. to know, uh, how often, if ever, do you bring up paranormal phenomena with friends, family, people at coffee houses, etc., who may, may or may not want to hear about it? How often is it coming up with friends and family? All the time. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. I never bring it up. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to avoid, I'm trying to talk to them about the Golden Girls and like convert them to being a fan. <laughs> um, but for me, I just had it happen where uh, people were, I mean, they were very curious about it. So they just started asking. But it does kind of feel like you're at work all the time when that happens. But you don't force it on people that don't want to talk about it. Yeah. No, I usually, I usually lie about what I do. Just because oh. I, I don't always feel like talking about it. What's your cover job? Like if you're in a uh, Uber airplane or whatever and you just don't want to go into it, what's your cover job? Yeah. So I used to be a volunteer crisis counselor. So I did that for um, 10 years and I've taken a break these last couple of years, but uh, I'll usually just say that, that I, you know, oh yeah, counselor. And nobody wants to hear about that because it's so, and like, you can't talk about it. That's the other thing. Like, you know, I, I can't talk about any of the, the people I counseled. So it just sort of like people drop it and then you just, you know, you talk about other things in life. As a, as a journalist, I'm, I'm the worst person to sit next to because if, if you said that, or if you said, you know, plumber or whatever, I would follow up with questions and want (laughs) to know all about that job too. But Jack, what's your, what's your cover career? Uh, I just tell people I, you know, I produce, you know, produce TV, whatever. And then they'll ask what, and I'm like, Oh, you know, a lot of non-scripted stuff. And I, I will, I drag it out to where if they clear that I'm not really willing to kind of give it up. And if they, they're like, well, what kind of stuff? Oh, a lot of stuff for travel channel, A&E, things like that. Mm-hmm. Like anything I would have seen, I'd be like, well, <laughs> you don't watch travel or A&E probably wouldn't see it. And they're like, oh, okay. That's usually where they drop it. But, yeah. um, uh, you know, the, the paranormal stuff, it's funny because I, I often have my most enjoyable, memorable conversations with people who are, uh, I guess, you know, traditionally non-believers in it. Um, because I, I always, I can always somehow manage to find a middle ground to where it's like, well, we don't know what it is. I'm not, you know, I choose to kind of just label it under this umbrella of it's paranormal. And it could be in some cases, a con, you know, the consciousness of someone who was once alive, or it could be some energy anomaly that we just don't know how to detect that's causing us to hallucinate. Mm -hmm. And there's always a, a weird, 
you can always find a middle ground if you if you if you if you know you know i like to think if i know what i'm talking about i can <laughs> i can eat i can even it out i i think in my experience it's the not just the talking about it with friends, family or whatnot, but I do find regardless of my own desire to talk about it, if you're just sitting in a, in a coffee house or a bar or whatever, and you're surrounded by a group of people, I think it's, you got maybe if you're there for an hour at some point, someone's going to bring up a ghost or an alien or a UFO or something. I think that it does come up in conversation, even if you're not the one bringing it up just give it enough time at any location. I, I mean, that's, that's been my experience. People love to bring up the local ghost stories and lore. Actually, with, with that said for you guys, where you grew up, what were not specific, it doesn't have to be ghost story, but what is like a local urban legend or very kind of hyper local lore from your upbringing? Anything that you can, you can think of the house at the end of the, the street or the creepy that, guy with the ice cream truck or whatever. That was my house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, for, for us. So it was interesting. I grew up outside of Philadelphia and there was a, she was a researcher journalist actually about the paranormal. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a bunch of books called ghosts in the Valley, more ghosts in the Valley. And it's all about the area I grew up in. So, um, when you were growing up in the area, you knew all about those books and, and that woman and uh, what she did. And she really broke ground because, I mean, this was I'm trying to think what she did her research. Um, definitely the 70s. I don't know if she started in the 60s, but she did it for decades. Yeah. And this was like a time when a lot of people weren't doing that. You know, it wasn't it was like very weird if you did that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, we grew up with that. And, you know, it's pretty cool. Cool. Anything on your end, Jack? Um, I'm trying to think. You know, I, I actually recently went. I just did a. I did another series for uh, Discovery Plus UK, and where I've gone and like investigated like where I grew up in England. Okay. And, um, and went to some pretty interesting places. Uh, you know, right down the street from my school was a place called Missenden Abbey, which was a an abbey for like five hundred mm-hmm. years. Um, until was it the, the the referendum when they got rid of the Catholic Church in England in England and became Church of England? Um, it uh, and I found out all sorts of stuff about that place, which you're like, oh wow! Like we used to go here on school trips, and like this place is this place is pretty messed up. Um, okay. And that was always like, oh, it's haunted over there. So it was kind of cool to get to go and investigate it. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I'd love to check that out if uh, if they bring it over here at some point. Hopefully they will. The that show that is the this season for Portals to Hell. We know that in the premiere episode, Hillview Manor, we have uh, Michelle Belanger. She's showing up as a guest. Great, uh, great author and medium, and someone that I absolutely love. Who are some of the other guests that will be seen pop in this season? Katrina, anyone you want to tease? Yeah, Cindy Keza, Sarah Limos, um, one of my personal faves, Uncle Chip, as I like to call him, uh, <laughs> okay. Chip Coffee, um, and Tim Shaw, uh, oh, Chris Fleming. I mean, we have amazing psychics, and I don't know if we're allowed to say the really special one yet. I mean, they're all very special, but... Oh, we can, yeah, we can say it. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it. Yeah, we, uh, Lisa Williams uh, came and did a uh, a ghost hunt with us, which was really cool. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. 
It was great working with her. Fangirled the whole time inside. I didn't want to let her know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want her to think I was a dork, but I was That's like, awesome. <gasps> the Lisa Williams. The, the, what kind of payoffs can we tease? What are the episodes that obviously we want people to tune in for all the episodes, but like I said, Eloise Psychiatric Hospital, Taylor Trask Museum, Savannah Theater, Fort Mifflin, Missouri State Penn, Malco Theater, Kreischer Mansion. What, what are, if, if, you know, referencing uh, the Osbournes want to believe, what's the location that you guys would take someone to that you're like, you, I'm going to make you a believer based on this episode of Portals to Hell. This is it. We're going to take you to this location. Which episode is that for you guys? Well, we made a believer at Pamplin. Yeah? Yeah. yeah our, our sound engineer um, is was not a believer at all. She was like very, you know, lives in Brooklyn, very kind of like, wow, this is all just kind of, you know, whatever. And she... We made a believer out of her. She was like, I have no idea what I was just witnessing. All right. Okay. Which mm-hmm. which episode is that again? Pamplin Historical Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And Katrina, how about you? I, yeah. I mean, I think that one, definitely Hillview. Because um, it's just weird. We could never find an explanation for why that stuff was happening. You know, but Pamplin's the same way. There was, there were things that were happening that we just kept trying to troubleshoot it. And we're like, there's got to be a reason for this. There has to be a reason. And it makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Just makes no sense how things went down. Um, So I would probably say those are at the top. Is there, has there been a location where you went to previously and by going back, you, you kind of walked away with even more of an awe of the place and more blown away by it. Is there a place that you guys have, I'm sure there's a couple of these places that you've been to prior. Yeah. Sorry. So you mean like going another time and then yeah, like this on your return visit that this was, this was the time where you had hit pay dirt where you had a real payoff and walked away even more impressed than you were before. Hmm. Thinking like you, you have to have been to Fort Mifflin before, right, Katrina? Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, they're they're good friends of mine, and um, I, I kind of feel like almost every place does that in some way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because every time you go, you you have a different experience. I don't know that I've ever been to one place where an experience is the same every single time. So for me, because I, I do tend to lean skeptical, not that I don't believe things happen. I t- oh, I think oh, we, just, no. we just lost her. There was a network executive. She was giving too much away about the episodes, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Jack, was it, are there any second uh, visits for you this season or are these all new uh, ones? No, these are all, these are all new ones. Um, I'm trying to think, has there been any? No. Just oh, back. Yes. Hey, what happened? <laughs> you were given you were given a uh, given away too many too many trade secrets. I yeah. know the the ghosts were kicking me out. Yeah, um, but uh, oh, Jack. So these were all new. Yeah, these locations were, all, for- were all new locations for me. I'm trying to think if there was anywhere this season that I've been to. I don't think so. Yeah, awesome. Well, I know I am certainly looking forward to you checking out all of these episodes and yeah the uh, portals to hell is coming back this saturday saturday april 9th 
at 10 p.m. on Travel Channel and premiering the same day. Those episodes are dropping on Discovery Plus, which is just great because people can choose whatever platform they want to watch it on. What's that? D plus? D plus. Yeah. And and man, okay, well, here's here's one to leave you with is well, we know it's it's been reported, obviously, that there's the merger between Discovery Plus and Warner Media. My question for you is if you could pull from any HBO show and bring talent in character on oh. an investigation. Who would it be? Who are you bringing in character, the fictional version, uh, on an investigation? Are we thinking the same person, Jack? I don't know. Are we? I don't know. Maybe. I, don't, uh, <laughs> I mean, we could, you could say it real fast at the same time, but uh, who is it, Katrina? I, I would totally bury Bill, Bill Hatter. Bill Hatter. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be it would be a really weird investigation and maybe not everybody would make it out. But uh, <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> I, I was, I, I'm thinking Larry David. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm thinking Larry David. Jack, are you going? You guys are keeping it all pretty, pretty in reality. I would go like full Game of Thrones character, maybe like ISR. <laughs> you know, ripping faces off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She, if, if, if you do encounter any demons, I think uh, yeah. she would be prepared yeah. to take it on. Oh my God. Can we please bring the Red Witch to be our like psychic <laughs> sweep with? Come on. Well, I mean, yeah, we, I, I love it. I mean, there's, look, Game of Thrones, the prequel uh, series is, is, is on the way. So we're kind of, we'll, we're dipping back into that world. So I think you can, you can bring the those guys in. This isn't looking good for anyone these days. I'm, I, I, I happened to stumble across the, uh, I was given like a screener of the Lord of the Rings and I'm a hot hurt. Yeah. hot. Uh, well, we'll go out on a high note, which is <laughs> the fact that a really great episode of Hillview Manor, Portals to Hell, is back. Uh, congratulations to you guys for okay. season three. And really, just thank you so much uh, for joining me for this. And I'll say for all those folks out there, don't forget to subscribe, download Talking Strange each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and check out these streams. We also air this on YouTube.com slash Den of Geek US. And give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, Facebook, where, wherever you are. So until next time, I'll be out there. Be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird.